It's a dream come true, to be honest. I mean, the Mystique, uh, John Madden, everything about it. I mean, just the silver and black. It's kind of like a lot of a lot of guys dream playing for the Cowboys with a star in the helmet. And for me, it's the same thing when it comes to the Raiders. It's an historic franchise. I mean, the fan base is amazing. It's crazy. You can tell by all the interaction you get. It's just a blessing to be here. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Route on Cofield and Company. Boy, we joked about Josh and Dave coming west, right? Patriots West. <laughs> now in year two of transactions, it's really becoming Patriots West. It's a weird feeling. Philip Dorsett on the way back there. He spoke today. Some of the other newcomers spoke as well. Another Patriot and wide receiver Jacoby Myers spoke. Stanford Rout is with us. What's up, Stanford? Fellas, fellas, how you doing? Happy March Madness to you. Happy March Madness. Have you been watching today? Yeah, yeah, I've been watching a little bit. I think uh, we already had our first upset. Who was it? It was, uh, we already it was had Virginia. Prin- Princeton knocked off Arizona, and then Virginia got beat by Furman. Exactly, yeah. So uh, it's already starting. I just want to see uh, how my Cougs do. Yeah, I was going to say, are you nervous? You're a little beat up going into the tournament with Sasser kind of dinged up. Yeah, yeah, we are, and hopefully we're going to get him back uh, as soon as we can. And I think that these first few games, then the first couple rounds, we're going to be able to get by without him. But I think once you start to get to that Sweet 16, once you start to get over there, that's when you got to have all your dogs. you got to have all your bullets. Do you truly believe that your school, Houston, is a basketball school or a football school? <laughs> I think uh, as coach, of right now, coach, coach. I would have to – I would have to go ahead and say that the basketball team is on a national scale doing better than the football team. I would just go ahead and say that. But I think that uh, just given the fact that it's in the state of Texas where football is always king, yep. uh, it's very difficult to argue against that. But right mm. now the basketball team, they're, they're definitely doing their thing. What's the vibe around the football program knowing that the competition is going to get better in the Big 12, but so is the money. I mean, that infusion of money uh, helps all programs football on down. Oh, absolutely. You know, being in the Power 5, being in the Big 12, it's something that obviously the stakes are higher. So obviously right now, starting off spring football, it's about getting better because you know the TCUs, the UTs, the Texas Techs, the West Virginia, schools like that, they're coming. And the Oklahoma State's in. You better be able to match that intensity, match that athleticism, even just the fan base with the crowd. They travel well. So in all aspects, we definitely got to make sure that we are ready to go come this fall. Before we get into Raiders talk, Mr. Rout, let's just remind you that this has always been a basketball school that you attended with the Phi Slamma Jamma. Yeah, 1983. <laughs> uh, so let's talk. So they ushered in some free agents today. Um, Jimmy G not being one of them. Uh, just your thoughts on the early signings, the, the guys uh, here are the, in the free agency period and uh, the pickups. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to avoid last year. It was Patriots West. This year, I'm just going to call it new New England. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, uh, it, it definitely has the vibe of Patriots West when you look at certain things, which you heard Josh McDaniel say about culture. And, you know, that's why they feel Jimmy G is a better fit than Derek Carr. You see Jacoby Myers coming over, things like that. So it definitely has that vibe. It definitely has that feel to it. And I think everything just remains to be seen as far as 
what Josh McDaniels can do as a head coach not being under Bill Belichick. And right now, he has an opportunity to go ahead and try to remove that stain that has been on him after 2010 with the Denver Broncos and then his time with the St. Louis Rams, things like that. So right now, I am trying to be optimistic. We got the quarterback, so I'm assuming that they're probably not going to take somebody as a quarterback within the top 10 picks of the draft. But nonetheless, you still have to address that defense. You still have to make sure that you address those holes on the opposite side of the ball. Speaking with Stanford Route, do you think that last year you bring in some guys that know the system that can help and mentor and sort of teach and guide, but with what they are doing this offseason, is it a sign of distress that possibly McDaniels and Ziegler are making moves to ensure because they're out of desperation because they maybe they've been given notice, hey, make something happen, and the only way to do so is with familiarity? Um, I, that might be one way of looking at it. I also was under the, uh, under the impression that, you know, the way to do something is to make sure you have good players and trading away your tight end who's at worst top four in the NFL, that's something that's a bit of a head-scratcher to me unless you're trying to go pick up a Kyle Pitts in the draft, even though there's not a Kyle Pitts in the draft. So I'm not exactly sure throughout all the moves thus far exactly what the mindset or the direction or just the end goal is, but we have to go ahead, sit back, watch, and just hope that it turns out to fruition, or should I say hope that it uh, starts to materialize, but uh, I can tell you like this, the move with Darren Waller, that was something that was head-scratching for me, definitely. The Browns make a pair of defensive cuts, including Jadavion Clowney. Do the Raiders go after him? You just said they got to strengthen that defense. I think if you go after Jadavion Clowney, I think that we all know that he's a talent. There's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and that's something that has plagued him for a number of years. I think if the price is right, if the number's right, yeah, you go after him because even going back to college with that big tackle he made in that bowl game against Michigan in the mm. backfield, mm. you know that the ability and the talent is there. It's just a matter of the consistency, the work ethic, and him simply being available. But I think if the price is right, notice I say if the price is right, yes, mm. you definitely go after a talent like that. Once again, speaking with our guy, Stanford Route, let's switch gears real quick to the NBA this Memphis Grizzlies situation with John Morant um, is a little eye-popping. Saw a story today, The Athletic, per The Athletic, the Grizzlies have decided to leave road cities immediately after the game rather than <laughs> staying overnight. Taylor Jenkins obviously having to police his players, maybe like an AAU team. <laughs> That's not going to be able to – they're not going to be able to sustain that type of – that, that 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 new rule that they've implemented where they're going to leave it right after the game yes they're going to probably go ahead and try to stick with that for the remainder of this year but i do not see that being something that they can sustain over a lengthy period of time what if you finish having a game and you got a couple of days off until your next game and it winds up being a home game or an away game you just i, I get it I get it. I definitely understand it. This is all just a knee-jerk reaction to everything that happened with John Moran. I mean, we just saw yesterday how, what was it? Um, it was Bain uh, that had the uh, the cheap shot against Kevin Love of the Miami Heat. So you can go ahead and try to overcorrect this issue that we saw with John Moran just two weeks ago. But 
this right here is a discipline issue. So John Murray's not with the team right now. I mean, you've got players that are uh, getting fouled for simply putting the forearm into the man region of an opponent. So if you're going to sit over here and try to overcorrect the issue with John Morant, who's not even with the team right now, now you got to start looking in the mirror at yourself like, okay, is there something I'm not doing right? Because my players, plural, are having issues with doing the right thing, playing the game the right way on the court and off the court. Stanford Rat with us here on Cofield and Company, NFL Insider, Football Insider, big sports fan. All right, let's hit a couple of mainstream NFL topics. First, your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers confirming yesterday that, yeah, he told the Packers and Jets on Friday he wants to be a Jet, and now they have to find a way to make a deal. Oh, well, I think a long time coming. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have had their issues with each other for the last several years and it started with them drafting Jordan Love and simply not giving him a heads up or at least not getting his permission or his input that's number one so the writing was on the wall as far as this relationship being or should I say this breakup to this relationship becoming imminent and now it seemed like it's finally reaching its head it's coming to a head and the Packers have decided that they want to move on. They now speak of Aaron Rodgers in past tense. If you see the GM, that interview that he gave uh, at, the, at the female basketball game, and then Aaron Rodgers has now said his intention is to play for the New York Jets. And from everything that you're reading, it seems like now the Packers are so are somewhat holding up the deal because they want a certain amount of compensation for their player. And I couldn't agree more. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, then I'm going to make sure that we do what's right for this organization, not just, hey, we're going to grant you your wish. So I think for the <laughs> New York Jets, they need to go ahead and decide, hey, if we really want this guy, you got to pay for whatever they're asking. If there's a Benz CLS 550 that costs $150,000, and I don't feel that that's how much it costs, but guess what? That's how much it's going to cost for me to drive it off the lot plain and simple and for the new york jets you got to make that decision is it worth it is it not but sooner or later you're gonna have to go ahead and make that decision the green bay packers obviously they want a certain level of compensation and i think if the jets reach that level of compensation the green bay packers are willing to deal i like your car analogy um <laughs> if the jets look at the mercedes and they're like wait a second we're paying way above sticker you know, I like that BMW that I've been keeping an eye on for a while, Lamar Jackson. I think I, I, I laid it out yesterday. I think the Jets have multiple options here, and the Packers are the one who are backed into a corner. Unless the Jets like absolutely hate the notion of giving Lamar Jackson a guaranteed, you know, hundred and fifty or sixty million and a couple of first round picks. I I'm still leaning as a Jets fan, I'm still leaning towards Jackson. Uh, I don't I don't love having to pay through the freaking nose for Aaron Rodgers. Me neither, but that's what it's going to cost to get one of these high-priced quarterbacks, period. There's no way around it. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to trade for him and then pay a large portion of that $50 million salary that he has. For right. Lamar Jackson, you have to give the Ravens two first-round picks, and then you're going to have to give him a very large, exorbitant number as well. So if you want a high-priced quarterback, if you want to go to the playoffs, you want to eventually compete for a Super Bowl, which is what the New York Jets have right now because they presumably have a defense that is ready to go they got skilled guys who are young and ready to go the only thing missing is what 
the signal caller. So with that being said, you're going to have to go ahead and pay a high premium to get that signal caller unless you want to roll the dice with somebody that you draft. Yeah. Problem is they're down to 13, which one of the four guys could come down there. They could also trade up. Uh, my, my doomsday plan, you're going to laugh at this one. My doomsday plan is if Roger or if the Packers won't do it with Rodgers, then let Aaron decide what he wants to do. He can retire on the Packers. They can get nothing. Um, if Lamar Jackson, you give him a big offer, and then the Ravens match it, you don't get Lamar Jackson. I'm also fine as a Jets fan. I know you just said the Jets are really close. Um, I think the Jets are really like a seven-win team, and Rodgers can get them to 9 or 10. Um, I'd be fine with a combination of Zach Wilson and someone else, and whatever happens this year happens, and if you happen to land in the top five in the draft, okay. Yeah, I think that, uh, that, that, that it's definitely a way to go, but just because you got to make that decision. Do you want Rodgers? Do you want to pay that high draft, uh, that high compensation? Do you want to pay Lamar Jackson that high number and give up the two first-round picks? Or do you want to just roll the dice and maybe take one of these other guys that's on the market, one of these veterans, but Jimmy G's already off the board. You see, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the quarterback just signed with the with the Washington Commanders. He's off the board. Jacoby Jacoby Brissett. Brissett, yeah. And so it, Derek Carr is now in New Orleans. So the guys that you really could have attacked or that you really could have gone after, they've already left the board. So now it's really in that type of situation where you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Lamar Jackson, or Zach Wilson slash Mike White. It's pretty much your options available unless, once again, like I said, you want to go ahead and roll the dice and see what you can get in the draft. But I'm not sure that anybody in the draft right now is going to be a – bona fide, surefire, can't-miss stud playing at the next level. Stanford, enjoy the rest of March Madness, at least this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? You guys be good. Y'all be safe. There he is, Stanford route. And by the way, Mike White already off to the Dolphins. They got real thin the last couple of days. What do you think of the power in this power struggle between the Jets and the Packers? Who's in trouble here on getting a deal done? Who's got the leverage? The Packers have the leverage because Rodgers wants to play for the Jets. He wants to leave the organization. The Jets want Aaron Rodgers, but who's holding the cards? The Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, yeah, they're losing um, a big part, but they drafted Jordan Love for a reason. It doesn't mean he's going to come in and, and be Aaron Rodgers, but they have someone in place. And they've, they've already set their mind to moving on. That's the bottom line. Aaron Rodgers has put them in a position for the last couple of years at this time of the year to already be prepared for his departure. He never left. So they hold the cards. Get what you can. I wish we really knew what the Packers were looking for. Because there were some erroneous reports that said they'd, they were asking for two ones. Right. I saw that. Which is crazy. Yeah. Now, if I'm the Jets, I would offer a two and a four. Take it or leave it. What, are they going to take Rodgers back? Would he go back, or would he just retire? He's, yeah, well, and if I, here's is there the, anybody out there that I don't know who's no, left? There's it's, nobody it's, left. It's Lamar Jackson is the backup. And then after that, you're just you're going into the year with a mediocre quarterback, and, you know, you – No, I'm saying I mean, there's no other team out there looking for a quarterback, right? That's um, – most of the doors have closed. Depends on what Tennessee does. Yeah, Tennessee. I mean, Atlanta signed Taylor Heineke, I guess, to be the starter. Stanford just mentioned Jacoby Brissett, I guess, is going to be the starter in the, with the commanders. Baker Mayfield landed. 
in Tampa. I mean, there's there's not a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks, and there doesn't seem to be any big, you know, dollar suitors looking to get Rodgers. It's a weird it's a weird deal. And meanwhile, Lamar Jackson hasn't got one offer. The couple of places that you just mentioned that sign guys to one year deals or to come in and be the starter. Let's let's not let's not blow smoke here. If you had a chance, let's say this thing falls through and you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, uh, too bad you're going to be the backup. That's just, I mean, if Tampa so, Bay had a chance to get to get Aaron Rodgers, which I sort of hinted to and insinuated, not that I know anything, I'm yeah. just saying. But let's say, I get your point. guess you, what? I've been, yeah. I was told, what, a couple of months ago when I brought up Baker Mayfield about the Raiders because of McDaniel's love for him early on in his college career. No, he's a backup. He's now a bona fide backup. Okay, well, if you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, so be it. Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. Top to Brown, he'll shoot the three over Atkins. Got it again! Kobe Brown's got 19, 59, 53, Missouri. When we talked about it in the first half, Dan, it is so big. When you have a guy that you can just give him the ball and say, we need a bucket, driving left, out top, Demoy Hodge, open look at a three ball. That's good. Demoy Hodge with a three in Missouri up 62-53. Timeout, Utah State. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Yeah, rough day early for the Mountain West Conference. Utah State lost. That was that game as they were right in it. Still about 12 minutes left. Back-to-back threes by Mizzou. Call there courtesy of CBS. Pushed it to 62-53, and they really never cut into that. They wound up losing by 11 to Missouri. Utah State Falls 76-65. to San Diego State finally won a game for the Mountain West Conference. Uh, won by six. Tight game. Pulled away at the end. 63-57 against Charleston. We'll get you more updates on... What else has happened? A two is out. Arizona is out of the tournament. A four, Virginia is out of the tournament. Eight nine game. Auburn up big on Iowa. It's fifty eight to forty one. Ten minutes left. Duke, very popular pick for the final four, but also a popular pick in this round to not cover in this game against Oral Roberts, and they got out to a quick start and they are destroying ORU. It's forty eight to twenty three with sixteen minutes left. In that one, I was trying to look at the ticket count. I thought this was one of the games we talked about yesterday as a public dog. No, it, it bounced back where uh, Duke was actually getting a lion's share of the tickets. Boise State from the Mountain West, last team of the four to play in the tournament, was down pretty big early against Northwestern. Now they're down six. Broncos and Leon Rice down 38-32 at halftime. Eight minutes left before the half. Texas up on Colgate, two seed, 32-18. to 18. VGK, boy, it's been interesting and fun of late, hasn't it? How about all the people, Willie, Mm. Golden Knights fans who saw Jonathan Quick acquired and griped about it? How about how about media members or so-called media? I didn't see any. Yeah, were there media members complaining about it? You want to punch down here, God? There's some snark. There was some. There's been snark uh, across the across the NHL board, not just local. It's just in general. Just there's snark about. You know, quick when he went to the Blue Jackets. Well, that was an abrupt move. His career's over. Well, then all of a sudden the Golden Knights jump in. What are they crazy? You know, he's uh, four and zero since his arrival. Golden Knights top team in the NHL since the All Star break. Top five team in the NHL overall this season, not just in the Western Conference. 
and they're playing well without Mark Stone, who's arguably the captain. I mean, him or Jack Eichel, they're missing. You know, you're talking about arguably the best player on the team. Um, and they're having some young guys step up. They're having new guys step up. So they return home. Now, this is a danger zone because we've always talked about NHL teams returning from road trips. They've talked about it in the locker room the five years they're here, five-plus years now that they're here. It, this is the toughest game for them off of an extended road trip because they get home. There's, there's not a lot of turnaround time. They're with the wives. They're with the girlfriends. They're playing with their kids. Marchessault has talked about it where his kids are of age and they're, they're wanting to jump around and play with daddy. And so, Plus, you're back on the ice at the facility. So you're doing a lot, and then you're having to come home. Where these other teams that are on the road, they're already in road mode. And the Flames are not a team that you want to get caught sleeping or having weak knees against. So um, I'll be over there tonight covering for AP. It will be an interesting matchup. We'll see if they can keep the intensity up and keep the ride going. I was wondering why the number was only 110. Yeah. Golden Knights 110 on a 7 out of 8 streak in March. And meanwhile, Calgary's coming in, uh, what, last 10, 3, 4, and 3. But even game, huh? Toss up. It is. It's, I, I, you know, I think the Flames are going to do their best to push the tempo, uh, push the pace, if you will, and tr- force Vegas to put goals in the net. Not They don't necessarily need to be heavy and play physical. They need to play up-tempo because of what I said and force the fast-paced game. We are tracking uh, March Mayhem down here at Silver 7, Flamingo and Paradise all throughout the tournament. Beer is just 77 cents. That's on bottles of Mick Ultra. Bud and Bud Lighten. Don't forget, tomorrow's a big party day every year. March 17th, St. Patty's Day. They'll have the green beer, free beads, free hats. It's all that. Silver 7s, Flamingo, and Paradise. Your Mountain West champion Lady Rebels will start their journey to the Final Four this Friday against Michigan. Tip-off is noon. You can hear all the action right here on ESPN Las Vegas or streaming live at LVSportsNetwork.com. From top to bottom. Pettigrew through the pile. Ball tipped in the air. Credit that steal to Neal. And Neal's going to run the length of the floor. Count the bucket. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Blowout last night. Nevada falls badly. 98 to. 73, 25-point loss in the play-in, so uh, not a good start for the conference in the NCAA tournament. Last chance uh, today for another win is Boise State, as uh, Boise is at the half. Leon Rice's team trails by six against Northwestern. So this guy's very familiar with Mountain West Conference sports, football, basketball. He's been uh, bouncing around playing a lot of football over the years. You know, a cup of coffee in the NFL, a lot of time in the CFL, now he's in the XFL, former UNLV offensive lineman, a tackle, Brett Boyko, now with Orlando. So Orlando's coming to town. Brett, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Are you excited? I'll ask the obligatory, the return to Vegas. I don't know how often you're here, but are you excited to uh, come in and play some football? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got uh, one of my best friends lives out there, so I'm uh, that's an added bonus, getting to go out there and, and, and see him. But, yeah, of course, I mean, I'm excited to, to go back. But, you know, it's it's another game of football, so I'm excited to, to play that. 
Brett, if, if I told you a few years ago that you will be back here playing professional football at some point, knowing that you played out at Sam Boyd, would you ever thought you'd be playing at Cashman Field? <laughs> no. No, I can honestly say that uh, no, I would not be expecting that. I was surprised, actually, we uh, we weren't playing at Sam Boyd, but I got uh, filled in with some of the details on why that isn't happening. But, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to play at Sam Boyd. I would have I liked that a lot, but... Uh, Go out and do the best I can at Cashman. Before we get into the matchup, pair of winless teams. Someone's going to walk out of Cashman Field with their first win of the season. Um, I, I'm curious to hear firsthand what it's been like in, you know, you travel to either your home field or to a road game, but then everybody comes back to the same hub in Arlington. What's that been like? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been cool for the most part. I mean, I, I haven't been here as long as, some of the other guys. I mean, I got here a couple weeks ago, but um, so it's it's obviously a little bit different. You know, you're living in the, in the hotel, but we don't like. I don't really see any other teams or anything like that. I mean, there's not a lot of. Uh, I guess our paths aren't crossing often. I mean, obviously, just with the travel stuff. But uh, no, it's been good. Uh, you know, I feel like well taken care of, and it's been fun. So I know what the Vegas Vipers' issues have been um, in watching them go into a couple of the home games. What What's going on with the Orlando Guardians? Both teams 0-4. Um, I know that there was, a, there was a close one. It might have been before you joined them against Houston. Um, but what, what seems to be the issue that the, that the wrinkles that need to be ironed out with this team? Yeah, I think, uh, I think for us it's just, you know, finishing on a positive note and, and not kind of, uh, you know, kind of bursting from the inside you know we've we've kind of had some costly mistakes you know from me to to other players you know kind of in, in some crucial situations and then on top of that you know just some penalties and things like that i feel like we shot ourselves in the foot you know uh more times than we haven't and and it's just something that uh you know we got to overcome um you know, winning takes winning takes everybody it's hard to win, you know, in football more times, you, you know, you, you lose games rather than you, you win them. So uh, you got to kind of narrow that gap and, and just kind of correct the mistakes and, and just keep battling. You know, we play hard and, and you know, we, we had a close one there against Arlington a couple weeks ago and, you know, we just couldn't pull it out. And so hopefully, you know, we'll just be able to put the pieces together this week. The voice uh, Brett Boyko, former Rebel offensive lineman now in the XFL. As uh, you just mentioned, you only got to the XFL a couple of weeks ago. What went into the decision? What's the process of getting a call, you know, a couple of games into the season? Like, hey, bro, you interested in playing football? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it went down. <laughs> uh, I just finished, uh, you know, I, I, was, I, I didn't really have a, a, you know, major intention of doing this. And uh, my wife and daughter and myself, we were kind of moving around, kind of getting some things situated on our end. And, uh, you know, got the call and, and kind of, you know, said I wanted to make sure that my family was kind of set up, obviously, before coming down here because, you know, you are away, and that's kind of the tough part about this thing is is you have to kind of leave people and, and come to the bubble. But uh, I just wanted to make sure that they were, you know, set up well and, and taken care of at home. And then I figured, you know what, let's, uh, let's go. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I did it. I really like this team. You know, I, I really enjoy being a part of this team. we got a we got a really good group, you know, and it'll, it'll just be nice to uh, – so hopefully turn it around here. You mentioned getting set up. So where are you living? And then other than football, what are you doing? What are you planning to do now in your 30s? Uh, you know, I haven't uh, haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> hey, okay, I'm, there I'm you go. Still playing, still, 
still playing football, so I'll see uh, see how that works out. But uh, we're we're out in Michigan. Okay, good deal. What do you think? What are, what are the options? You want to get into coaching, um, you know, and, and obviously you still want to scratch that itch with football. Um, but you know, what what are the options? Uh, you know, I mean, coaching something that I've thought of for sure. Uh, you know, I've even thought of, of scouting and things like that. Um, you know, honestly, at this point, I, you know, I mean, not to go into a long thing, but I was going through my green card process. You know, my wife's American, and we were getting that kind of whole thing situated, and that's kind of why we we are here and in, in this situation. Just you know, because we were in the states, and and uh, you know, so I couldn't actually work for the longest time because of that process. So, oh boy! Um, yeah, had had some had some uh, you know opportunities to to look at some different things and. There's a lot of things I enjoy, a lot of things I like. I mean, I love the game of football, so it'd be fun to be a, a part of that. But at this point, you know, I'm just kind of focusing on, on this and the task at hand, and I'll worry about that September. You know, it, it's funny for guys in sports media. You know, for those of us who kept our jobs and, and COVID didn't, you know, really derail us, we often forget now that it's in the rearview mirror how it affected athletes and how it affected, you know, some of the football leagues and the CFL and. I mean, you had a you know a good year, year and a half, up to two years, where for a lot of guys, sports just kind of stopped or was really sporadic, right? Uh, well, I mean, not so much, I guess, uh, from the professional level. I know in the CFL, like, I mean, I was in the CFL at 2019, and then 2020 we had COVID, so there was no year there, and then 2021, so uh, just a couple years. But yeah, we had that one one COVID year, but it was just a decision, you know, uh, you know, from the years I spent. Obviously, going to school in the states, and then you know the three and a half in the NFL. It was uh, we liked being down here. You know, uh, a lot of our close friends. You know, you go to school, and, and some of my best memories are from being in Vegas. And a lot of my buddies are out there. Uh, you know, we we kind of wanted to be down here. Like I said, my wife was American. We met in California, so um, it was just kind of that process. Not so much the the you know the whole COVID thing, but just this, this process of. Of being Canadian and getting your uh, your green card and, and your work permits and stuff like that because you know when I was in the NFL they just handled all that stuff they got me my work permit and I didn't have to do anything but uh, when you're you know kind of doing it yourself there's a, a little more waiting involved. You are speaking with Brett Boyko, former UNLV offensive lineman, um, and you are a native of Saskatoon. Um, you played for the uh, Saskatchewan Roughriders. I'm curious, so if you were to go into coaching, would you want to, because you played in the Alliance of American uh, for the AAF, now in the XFL, would, what do you see yourself coaching in college, in a, in a pro league, or in the CFL, or is it a matter of just where an opening is and fitting in? Uh, if I were to coach, I, I think my goal would get, would be to get back to the NFL. I mean, if it would it would uh, you know, I think that's that's where I would I would obviously try to get to. Obviously, I know there's there's stepping stones and a process in it, but you know, honestly, guys, I haven't that much <laughs> that much thought into it. I, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of uh, I'm playing football. You know, I'm still enjoying playing football. To be honest, one of the reasons why I couldn't play last year was because of this green card thing. So. Um, you know, I'm playing football and enjoying it and, and taking it one week at a time, and I'll worry about that stuff down the road. How much are you paying attention to what uh, UNLV has done in football and what they're trying to do? Yeah, you know what? I love it. I think, uh, you know, obviously it's uh, it sucks not, you know, seeing us win bowls every year and, and you know, uh, battling for, you know, the Mountain West Conference Championship every year. But, I mean, it's a process, and, and I think, 
you know, we're heading in the right direction, and I love the hire, and uh, I just uh, I'm excited for, for where the team's heading. Yeah, I saw that you uh, you tweeted out the other day about uh, Bobby Houck's son, who is now you know starting to get into the the coaching end of things after his playing career. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I mean, yeah, I think he was an All American or something. I, I, uh, I, I like to tweet. I mean, I can't remember. I'm not. I'm not on it too often. But uh, yeah, I mean, I have a great relationship with Coach Houck. I mean, he was. Uh, I, I enjoyed my time with him. I thought he was a great coach. You know, we are the last. You know, the last bowl team to to come out of UNLV. So you know, we uh, we can all hang our hat on that, and hopefully, uh, there's 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 more falling behind us. Yeah, we uh, we do a lot of work with Caleb Herring, who of course is uh, the voice of UNLV football as a color voice, and. You know, does the uh, the coaches show? So uh, it's funny as as time passes since that bowl game. Like people people really appreciate what that group did. I mean, it it means a lot because you know it's since then it's it's been tough. It's been tough to get to the to the six win mark. So you guys are held in high regard. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. But it all started with that guy. So Caleb Perry, the real MVP. Tell him I said that. We will. All right. Well, good luck in this football game, and uh, good luck in the rest of the run in the XFL. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brett. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. There he is, Brett Boyko, the Canadian. But that's another thing I hadn't even thought of about freaking struggles just to get here to work, you know, and continue his football career. It sounds like it's been a little bit rocky of late, but when the XFL called a couple couple weeks ago, he's like, all right, let's do it. I just I wonder how guys like that, you know, big offensive linemen, like what you do in your spare time when you're, you know, you're like, I could get a call at any time. Obviously, you know, I don't know what kind of condition – conditioning he's you know doing and what he's normally at weight wise but you know when you're a big guy you could freaking balloon up but i'm sure he's watching it and he's he's ready to go and that's interesting he's like I, you know i have no idea he's like i'm 30 i have no idea i'm, I'm still thinking about it so he wants to play football well and you you, you hear the, the the process too that just the green card thing alone well they took care of all that and then all of a sudden it's a wake-up call when you have to start doing things for yourself that's part of the retirement process in that seminar that retiring players they go to i believe it's held down in atlanta and they get you through because a lot of guys are just completely lost they don't it's not a matter of them not being capable but when you have so let's say someone who puts together four years of college and then you know a a decent 10-year career in the nfl 15 years, you have people doing stuff for you at all times. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, see ya. I mean, just alone, he struggled just to, you know, figure out the process, get in the green car. He couldn't play last year because he had to do it on his own. Oh, man. I didn't get to show you during one of our breaks. I had gotten a picture, or at least from a video, of what I was talking about with, there it is, with the WWE coming up. Yeah. And I, I was wondering if they're one of their new stars, this guy... Omos mm-hmm. is going to be there. I'm trying to show you the picture here, but it's locking up. Yeah, we got SmackDown coming to town on the 24th. We'll give away tickets right now. WWE's in town on Friday, March 24th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. 364-1100, Caller 7. Ari's got the tickets. SmackDown, March 24th, 5 o'clock start. You can grab your tickets at AXS.com. It's MGM Grand Garden Arena. Tickets available right now, 364-1100. Come hang with Cofield and Company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Look out. Look what's happening down the stretch, Willie. I like to beat Bucks. NCAA tournament, the third session of the day, I'll call it, before the uh, night games kick off here mm. for us. 620 mm. start with uh, Houston and Northern Kentucky. But down the stretch, Auburn got up real big on Iowa. Iowa's fought back in at under four timeout. It's 68-62 Auburn. So Iowa can shoot the hell out of the three. They're still in that game. Earl Roberts got it down to 14. Now it's back up to 20. If you're an idiot and you played Oral Roberts early in the game in play, plus 12 and a half, you're going to lose. Right now it's 65-45. Four and a half minutes left. Duke is rolling. Boise got a tied 40s a couple of minutes ago. Now Northwestern is back out to a 46-42 lead. So very much in that game. The Broncos are, and coming out of halftime, Texas the two seed, a two has already fallen in Arizona. Texas is up 41-32 on Colgate. Two big upsets of the day early on. Not This one not by the point spread, but by the seeds of 13 over a four. Here's the uh, pivotal moment late. All Virginia has to do is get the ball in. They can't execute it. And then Furman gets it and drills a freaking three. Now, for Virginia, you got to take care of the ball against the pressure you're going to see is the most important thing here. Clark in a straight jacket. Oh, he didn't need to do that. He threw it away. Hitting Pagese. Furman leads. Timeout, Virginia. Did we just see what we think we just saw? Wow. That's awesome. Kevin Harlan. Uh, the Hedgehog, Stan Van Gundy, what did he say at the beginning of the bite? They just have to get the ball, and you got to recognize the pressure. And Kia Clark, little guy 5'8", got caught and threw the ball over his head. Steal, bang, to McGee's for a three. Furman nails it. And, yes, Kevin Harlan, you did see what you just saw. That was crazy. Then Princeton steps up. I mean, they were tooth and nail with Arizona the entire game. This was not a fluke. They win at 59-55. Arizona's got a chance late to make a three, tie the game. They couldn't do it here. Arizona with a prayer that will not go. And the Tigers of Princeton growl their way into round two as they upset the number two seed Wildcats of Arizona. So there you go. They, uh, they missed a couple threes, and that was the very end after a uh, free throw miss. Long, full-court chuck. No dice. No dice. Uh, into the grab bag. Uh, Willie, did you see that Barry Odom's son, one of his sons is a walk-on linebacker at UNLV. His other son's a pretty hot-to-trot quarterback prospect. He's going to land at Faith Lutheran. And he's a legit three-star. So, so we'll see what happens with this one. Play for an old UNLV coach. That's a good point. And Mike Sanford. Yeah. Do you think that Mike Sanford will lobby... Garrett to get a job on the UNLV staff. Probably not. <laughs> he's around, you know he's around the school all the time, not all the time, but he's around the school. Yeah. So good for him. He's in Let, the fold. Let's see. Uh, he's a local. That makes him a local, which means he's Very recruitable by UNLV football. Yes. Yeah. It's always a weird deal, isn't it? No. If, I mean, if do you, you want, have, do, do you want to play for your dad? That's all. If you well. I don't know. I mean, it's that's a hard that's a hard call because I don't I don't you know. I wasn't an athlete, so I mean, in raising somebody who became a professional athlete in his field, 
kind of did his thing. So I, I would wonder if if that's something you know that you that you aspire to do. I guess it would it would depend on how their relationship was when he was in youth football, and it, you know, do some players you know Kevin Kruger he he wants to play for his dad, and he played for him, and now he's the coach of the program. So are we looking at the future UNLV football coach? Garrett Odom comes and plays for his dad, goes and does his yeah. thing, and then he comes. Yeah, what I say, coach? No, that's what I'm saying. He co- Garrett Odom comes and oh, plays he, for his okay. dad, then goes on, does his thing, then he comes back and coaches. It oh, would wow. be the same as just like Kevin Kruger and Long. Oh, okay, you're going. See way what ahead. I'm saying? Yeah, I get yeah. it now. You're going way ahead. Uh, in the back, stay Take with your me. Hand in there, Dave. I'm trying. I'm trying. A lot of basketball going on right now. It's sure. Very distracting. Yep. We got uh, green beers getting ready to roll out tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Seventy-seven cent bottles of Bud. Bud Light. Will you eat corn, beef, and cabbage tomorrow? Um, I will try to find it tonight if I can. And, yeah, I would eat it three times tomorrow. I feel like it is this incredibly tough commodity to get on its day of the year. Most places run out. And here's the other thing. A lot of places don't know how to cook it, so it sucks. Yes. I have a couple of places I trust. McMullins. But but I have to get there early. Yeah. There's a place out by where I live in Aliante. I don't necessarily... Lean on the Irish joints, but we'll see. Good. There's someone else I know that does a good job, but they always run out. You and I will be live somewhere. Maybe they'll have it. Uh, maybe I'll bring it for you. Maybe you will. Probably not. Yeah, I overcommitted there. Then I was thinking I've, I've got too much to do tomorrow. Now nah, I can do it. We'll see. Man, we'll see. That's a good point. I don't want again. I don't want to overcommit. Back in the back. Uh-huh. UNLV baseball news. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Their date is set for uh, the LV ballpark. They're going to be playing Arizona State on Tuesday, March 28th. So they do an annual game there now. That'll be cool. But the biggest UNLV news going out here is tomorrow, 11.45, it starts with the coverage. Noon tip, 11.45, Lady Rebels against Michigan in the uh, House of Horrors, known as the arena that Kim Mulkey plays in in Baton Rouge. All right. What happens? What happens? Sounds like Lindy's confident. I'm confident. You are. 11-6 matchup. I read a story from uh, Andrew Kahn from Michigan, and it sounds like like the Michigan coach wasn't too happy. Not that she wasn't happy. Annoyed with the the matchup that they got that team? No, not annoyed. Yeah, like kind of like, oh, boy. You know, we're, we got our hands full. That's not the draw you want. I said it the other day. The Lady Rebels, right, we've talked about their seeding. It's fitting based on their net. But overall, talent-wise, this is not an 11 seed. They are probably the best team, 10 seed or lower, in the women's field, a team that can get to the Sweet 16. This is what we saw in Furman today. This is what we saw in Princeton today. This is a team that can go into Baton Rouge and stun the Michigan Wolverines, who all season they haven't been paying attention to the Mountain West. They haven't been when they're watching basketball and they're not playing on Big Ten nights. They're watching South Carolina and the SECs and the the uh, Big Twelve games. They're not watching the Mountain West Network. They're not paying attention to what UNLV is doing. So all that they've been able to soak up for the past three four days is game film. And highlights to cram. The Wolverines are in trouble. Three and a half is the number. A six eleven matchup, and the Lady Rebels are getting three and a half. The total is one thirty seven. I want to know the money line. Plus one fifty two. We'll get it. <laughs> I like your confidence. 
I, I'm all in on the yeah. yeah. I, I'm totally fanboying it because I totally want them to win. Well, I'd like Put to see him. There, I'd like to see him win as well because you know what it sets up. Uh, remind me, yes, I do. L- LSU. Oh, yeah, yeah, LSU yeah. would be You're next. your favorite coach. Yes. Uh, yeah. God, I'd love to see that. In their arena, right? Desiree their arena. Young barreling down the lane, elbows Just pointed bowing. right at Reese's Dome. Mm. Let's do this. E-book banging from downtown. Kim Mulkey and her trash-talking Bayou ladies. Trash Bring mouth. It. But the mission is to get the job done tomorrow first. Again, noon with... Wyatt Tomchek with the play-by-play. He'll start off at 11.45 right here on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM.